Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Well, good morning, church. All of you watching, good morning. So thank you for your flexibility that uh, we've changed our hours when it, came, when it comes to services. I know some of you were caught little arriving for 11.30 and it already started. And so this is our hours for the summer. And for those that came with your kid thinking it was you're going to have grow and didn't happen, next week it's going to be there. So um, it's good to see your faces. It's good to be here. And uh, just invite you as you give to the church uh, during the, the summer, one of the things we want you to remember is that when you give, it's an act of worship. And uh, when we went through COVID, one of the things we did when, when, when it came to announcing the, uh, uh, the, uh, the giving and we told you different ways to give, and sometimes well, what, could, what can happen is we may lose the heart of why we give. And the reason why we give is because we want to put God first in our finances. It's really an act of worship. So as you give in the back this morning or you give online, remember it's an act of worship. It's more than just supporting the church. It's giving to God our first fruit where, where we say, God, it all belongs to you and, and may you be the first in everything in my life. Amen? I would ask you to stand. We'll place yourself before the Lord. Yes, Father, I thank you so much that you are in the house and uh, we want to acknowledge you. We want to give you glory and honor and the praises. We want to agree with heaven where you are worshipped 24-7. And today, Lord, uh, this service is for you, for your glory and your fame. And, and we thank you so much for your grace and the privilege we have to draw close to you. And I pray that you would bless each person here. I pray for the flow of your Holy Spirit upon every heart. You know exactly where we are. You know where I am. You know where each person is. And you have a word in season. And so, God, we open up to what you want to say and what you want to do in our lives. I pray this in Jesus' name. You may be seated. So we're starting this series on Psalms through the summer, and what I want to do this morning, I want to lay the foundation for all the sermons that will happen during uh, the summer, and it will be focused on the Psalms, and, and one of the themes that you find in the Psalms is, is singing and praise, because actually when you look at the, this book in the Bible, it's really a hymnal. It's a collection of songs that were brought together by different authors. And David basically wrote half of them. And all the others are from those that were involved uh, in worship when it comes to the, uh, the tent of David. But um, so what I'd like to talk about this morning is I'd like to say that worship is a big deal. Can you say that to your neighbor? Worship is a big deal. And sometimes we, uh, we downplay the meaning of worship, and some of us, we come to church and we say, well, you, I come, from the, I come for, the, for the word, and the worship is just an intro, and sometimes worship is something you have to endure, because it might not be your style, and maybe you're not into praise and worship, but you are focused on God's word, and you say, well, I want God's word in my life, and this is great. We want you to come for the word, and we want to grow in the word, Amen. We want to be rooted in God's word, and especially in the era that we live today, we got to know that we're not living according to culture, we're living according to God's word. And so the moment you do that, you're going against the current. 
But at the same time, worship is a big deal. And uh, what, when worship comes alive in one's heart, it's because you've connected with God. The reality is that if God is not important in your life, then you would say, why worship? What's the point of worship? And if, worship, if God is not the center of your life, then the style will matter more than the action of worship, of the lights or the style or the guitar uh, used, and the music will draw more, uh, will get more your, your attention. But when it comes to following the Lord, one of the truth uh, that we need to take a hold of is worship is one of the big role that we have or calling that we have upon our lives. Like, um, we all worship something. What we live for is what we worship. And so whatever I live for, I worship, right? If I put all my energy and all my strength and all my attention on something, it's something that is dear to my heart. So, so that is part of worship, right? And, and so we have this... Um, this choice in life of worshiping God or worshiping other things. And, and when it comes to life, well, there's lots of different things that we can throw ourselves in. We can live for money. We can live for pleasure. We can live for relationships. We can live for security. We can live for health. We can live for many, many reasons. But the invitation that we have is to live for God, right? If, you, if you're a follower of Jesus, that means that you've uh, decided to follow Jesus. And, and by following Jesus, you will live a life of worship. Like it, it says in Romans chapter 12, 1, that we're called to, to, uh, to live a life where we, uh, we worship God uh, with all that we have. It's, it talks about the renewing of, our, of your mind. And then you will worship the Lord with your body. You will worship the Lord and how you live your life. So worship is a big deal. And so... We want, as believers, um, grow in worship. The reality is we're all, we all come from a different background. And for me, and maybe for you, worship was not important in my life. As I grew up, even though we went to church, uh, worship was singing. We sang. And, 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 but it was not like... It was, not, it was not interactive. It was not me sharing my heart. It was not something that was from inside. It was just things that I said or song that I sang. And it was not the expression of my heart. And, and, but worship is, is that. And I'd like to unpack this thought this morning that worship is such a big deal. And, and we got to take a hold of, 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 of what worship is from a biblical perspective. And we're going to read some verses today, and I just pray that the verses will, would resonate in your heart, that the verses I will read will go beyond what I say and really speak to you on the importance of worship and why praise is a big deal. If you look in the book of Revelation, there's so many mention of praise and worship in the book of Revelation. If you look at chapter 5, for example, verse 11, look what it says. John has this revelation and and uh, then he says, then I looked and heard the voice of many angels. Picture yourself, okay? See this picture. So John has this revelation. He sees many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000, 10,000, 10, 10, like a number that he cannot count. They encircle the throne and the living creatures and the elders. So they're they're just circling the throne, and the living creatures are there, and the elders are there. In a loud voice, they sang, the angels did, 
Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth, wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. What a picture, right? Just picture yourself there. See what John saw. John is having this revelation and there's kind of a tornado of angels. Like it's just spinning around the throne and they're all worshiping the Lamb of God, that is Jesus. And they're just adoring him, proclaiming power, wealth, wisdom, strength, honor and glory and praise to God. What a picture. In verse 13, it says, Then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea, and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. What a picture. That's what we see in heaven. And that's just a snapshot. There's so many other verses that focuses uh, on praise and worship in heaven. But can you see that around the throne, you see the angels worshiping and, and, and adoring God. And they're giving a testimony of the Lamb of God. And, and they haven't experienced the power of the Lamb. They are not those that are being saved by the Lamb like we are. And so we see here a, a picture of heaven. And one day, we will be there, and it's going to be a glorious day. And, and we'll, be, we'll be drawn to worship. Sometimes when you're a kid or sometimes when you don't understand, um, when, you, when you don't have a, uh, a clear understanding of eternity, and I, I, I think we just see in part, but we think that heaven will be boring. And, and we have this picture of us being on a cloud and eating some, some, um, some Philadelphia uh, cheese spread, eh? And we're playing an ARP and we're up there and we say, well, is that going to be life? It's going to be boring. But the reality is when it comes to eternity, there's going to be no time. But one of the things that will happen is that we'll be caught up with Jesus, and I believe what's going to happen that will be organic and normal is that we will worship God not because we have to, but because he's so awesome and he's so marvelous. And, and the challenge I have today or what I need to see in my life today, and that's my calling, I need to be caught up with Jesus. And I believe that if I'm caught up with Jesus, it doesn't matter your culture, doesn't matter the style that you worship. If you're caught up with Jesus, uh, worship will bubble from your heart because you'll see his splendor, you will see how amazing he is and what he has done in your life, and it's just going to come uh, organically that you will worship and praise God because worship and praise should be normal. It should be organic because we look at how we do life. How many of you have you been to a wedding lately? Like, weddings are fun, right? Would you say? It's fun. Like, people are in a joyful mood. It's like uh, the bride comes in and there's clapping. Woo! They're all, all, like, everybody's excited. And it's kind of normal. If you would go to a wedding, it would be, if it would be like, bah. It would be weird, right? You go to a wedding, nobody's excited. There's no smile and there's no music. And it's like all dark and, 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 and. Heavy, it, it wouldn't be fun. Uh, and, but weddings are a time of celebration because it's exciting. And we show emotions there, right? We have, let's say another thing, we have family gatherings. And for us, when it's someone's birthday, we go crazy. We really do. Uh, especially having Brenton as a, as a son-in-law, well, you can imagine. It's pretty lively when it comes to her house. And, and, and we, we celebrate, we have fun, it's just normal. And, and we have a great time together. 
It's the same thing you watch, you watch a movie, a good movie, and then you have tears, and it gets your emotions, and you start to cry, and you know, and then. Uh, but when it comes to life, we show emotion. And, and, and the thing that needs to happen inside of us too, when we look at the greatness of our God, it should captivate my heart, right? Something should happen in my heart. And so when it comes to worship, Worship is a vibrant part of our lives where we put our attention on him. Worship is that, is, is you turn to God and you acknowledge who he is and you come under him realizing who he is and you start to lift his name up and magnify his name. And we know that worship is not just singing, but it's definitely part of it. And so, so we're called to worship the Lord. And when we look at Revelation chapter 5 verse 11, like it's loud in heaven. Imagine thousands after thousands are worshiping God. I don't know if there's any earplugs in heaven or what, but it's going to be loud. They're just shouting and expressing their honor to God. And, and we're going to be caught up with this because I, I bet you, I guarantee you when you'll see him, something's going to happen inside of you. And the beauty right now, my prayer is that you would see him and that you would, uh, you would see how amazing, uh, how amazing he is. And for you to see him, you got to let him in in your heart. And as you let him in in your life, it's going to change the way that you see God. And then if, you, if, you're, if the way you see God is different, then your approach to worship is different. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And that's why we have worship in church. We want to proclaim our allegiance to his name. So we take the time to say, God, we belong to you. We take the time to say, God, we lift you up. We live for you. We love you. Uh, you are the center of our lives. In the book of Hebrews here, it says that we're called to offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God. In the NIV, it says the fruit of our lips that confess his name. The fruit of our lips. Can you say that to your neighbor? The fruit of your lips. <laughs> the fruit of your lips. So it's not just inward. It comes out of your lips. It comes out of your mouth. And you declare the goodness of God. You declare how amazing he is. So we want to see that in our lives. And we, we have a picture of God taking pleasure in worship. And, and we find that in Psalm 22, verse 3. One of the verses that I cannot not use or, or read when it comes to talking on worship. It really gets my attention because this is where God moves. It says, but you are holy, O God, and thrown in the praises of Israel. Just stop here for a moment. It says that when we engage ourselves in worship, God sits upon our worship. In the, in the French version, it says that he, like, worship is his throne. He comes and he sits in the worship of his people. What a great picture, right? Think about your home. Think about your workplace. Think about church and your marriage. When you choose to worship God, when you choose to focus on God, you're creating a platform for God to come and work. And when you're driving your car, or you're going from A to B, or, and you start to worship God, you're creating a context for God to move or to, to show up in your life. When you build an altar in your home, and worship is central in your home, 
where you have worship playing and you have a heart of worship in your home, it's going to be contagious. It will affect and influence your culture in your house. Like, we come here on a Sunday morning, and we worship the Lord, and on Monday, we remember the song we sang, and we repeat them, and we, uh, and we uh, verbalize it uh, in our, like, yeah, verbalize it, but we also sing them in our hearts, because it touched us. And, and, and this is what music does. Music puts, uh, <clears throat> touches us on the inside. So, so the thing is, if you take the time to worship God, it will feed you. It will, it will, it will lead you. It will have an influence over your life. So worship is a big deal. And, and especially when you look at Psalm 22, verse 3, he sits on the worship of his people. Think about that this morning. How many of you, you want to see God move in your life? Well, create a platform of worship. Choose to worship God. And, and when it comes to worshiping God, it's, it's not an emotional thing. It involves my emotions, but it's not easy to worship God when things are rough. Right? Would you agree with me? When things are rough, that's the last thing you want to do is to sing and, and worship God. What you want to do is complain, get mad, get even. And when you choose to say, God, I will give you glory and honor and praises, it's not an easy thing. But I'm going to tell you, when you do that, you're creating a culture for God to come and sit in your midst. So if God sits in your worship or God enthrones in your worship, that means that God is also able to intervene and work in a supernatural way. And so... We want to cultivate worship. And when we look at the Psalms, and, uh, and, and we will go through them this, this summer, one of the things you need to realize how worship was a big deal for the King David is that when the Ark of the Covenant came back to Jerusalem, he established worship 24-7. 24-7 worship for 40 years. Not for four years, 40 years. The focus of the tabernacle or the Ark of the Covenant was all about worship. So what David did, he, he brought the, uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem with dancing. And one of the things he wanted to do because he was caught up with God, he's known as a man according to God's heart, right? So what he wanted to do was to give glory and honor to the Lord. So what he did, he built this tent, placed the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant in the middle, Got a ton of singers, imagine that, right? 24-7. A ton of musicians were trained. And for 40 years, they had 24-7 worship. It's a big deal, right? It was a big deal for King David. And he's known as a heart according, to have a heart according to God. And so it's the same thing for us as we're following of Jesus. Worship is a big deal. And so what he did was there was freedom to worship around the ark. And there was a preparation to see the temple being built by his son Solomon. But for this 40 years, there was a caught up with God in worship. And we talk about the restoration of the tent of David in the New Testament, talking about the reign of David through the Messiah, Jesus. But also, I really believe it refers to the tent of David where there was freedom to approach, freedom to worship, freedom to encounter God, and freedom for God to encounter us. So when it, when it comes to worship, it is a big deal. It's a big deal in the Bible. It's a big deal in the Old Testament. It's a big deal in the life of the apostle. And if you look in the history of the church, worship has always been present and, 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 um, and vibrant. And, and so we want to be a people of worship. We want to be caught up with God. 
So what happens when I worship? Well, first of all, I fulfill my calling. What is my calling? As a priest, it's to worship God. And 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, For you are a chosen people, a royal, uh, you are a royal priest, or a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And Peter says, your call, my call, is to worship God. So again, you might say, well, Pastor, I'm an introverted. Has nothing to do with that. Right? Oh, God, uh, Pastor Lee, you know, you know I, I'm not too strong on, worship, uh, on, on music. Has nothing to do with that. You know what it has to do with? It's you knowing who you are, knowing who God is, and being caught with God. And what happens, your response as you respond to a wedding when you see the bride, is that you're responding to who God is. And so what needs to happen first is for my heart to be open and realize that it's my calling, and it's a beautiful calling to love on God. You know, if I just say this real quickly, God is... Bless us in so many different ways, right? We are blessed, right? And, and so you want God to bless you, right? How many of you, you want to be blessed by God? I want to be blessed by God, right? Absolutely. But, but how do I bless God? Like, when you, when you take a time to worship, you're saying, God, I, I, I'm going to focus on you. I, it's like, God, sit down for a moment here. And let, let, let me bless you. It's God, I, you, you've done so much for me in, in my life. I, I just want you to, to pause for a moment, God. And, and I want to tell you that you are amazing, that you are awesome, that you're out of this world. I think it needs to happen, right? Because that's how relationships are built. It's not just take, 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 take. Right? And actually, when you understand the fullness of, of what is given to you, it's just organically, uh, for, it's just normal for us to give praise and give back to God. Because like it says in the book of Acts, there's more joy in, receiving, in giving than receiving. So when you receive so much, it's just normal that you want to turn back and say, God, can you do this? <laughs> God, I give you glory. I give you praise. There's no one like you, right? So, so it's my calling. And secondly, why? What happens when I worship? Well, I'm recreating the culture of heaven. Because in heaven, that's how it is. And it's funny because I look in the past, how many churches are caught up with worship style. And, oh, I don't like this, don't like that, it's too loud. Look at, look at the book of Revelation. It's saturated with praise and worship. Maybe there's a spiritual battle going on. Right? Maybe the enemy doesn't want a church to worship God. Maybe the enemy wants us to be bound up by religion and fear of expression. Maybe that's what, what the enemy wants because, because heaven, it's filled with praise. And how come we're not doing it? Right? Like you, you look at a, a, a little kid, you put some music on, and the little kid starts to boogie. Really, eh? It doesn't take too much for a kid to boogie. Like you can't even clap your hands and, and not even have music on and the little kid ha gets in the groove, right? It's pretty cool. It's just normal. But what happened to us? Like we're supposed to be childlike. Like I, I look at my kids when they were younger and they came back from work. Daddy! Right? They're all pumped. When they're a little older, they're not as excited anymore, Dad. But 
But it's to be caught up with Jesus. You know, and, and we put everything in a box. But you, you, you look at the tent of David, it was freedom of expression. Being caught up with God and loving on God and, and telling how marvelous is, how wonderful he is. And what happened is religion kind of killed everything, killed that up. You got to be in a certain way. You got to look in a certain, certain way. It boxes you up and you lose the childlike approach to God. And, and to have a childlike approach to God, it, it's not being childish or emotional, it's just normal. Like I was saying, you, you have a family gathering, you're yourself, you're getting to, you go to a wedding, there's celebration, it's the same thing. When you're caught up with God, there's gonna be that overflowing desire to praise him, it's just normal. And, and why did we put a lid on it? Why is there a lid on it? There shouldn't be a lid. According to the Psalms, according to the Bible, there shouldn't be a lid. Because that's what eternity is like. And so I should see that in my life where I'm free to tell God how much we love him. And some people will say, well, you can't really tell God that you love him. Why not? God knows that my life is not perfect. God understands my brokenness and my humanity. But I think we're called to love God with all my heart, with all our heart, soul, and mind. That's the first commandment. And one of the ways to do that is through worship, right? So worship recreates the culture of heaven. Thirdly, my focus turns to God when I worship. When you don't worship, have you ever been in a place where you're stressed and you say, you know, I'm going to worship right now. And you start to worship and your perspectives change. It's like Paul and Silas in prison. They're in prison, chained up, and they start to praise. See, so when you start to praise and you start to worship, your focus changes. You start to see how big he is, how faithful he is, and you lose yourself in that process because you're caught up with God. And so, so it plays a big role. Worship plays a big role because when I focus on him, then I'm not focusing on myself. It really does. Another thing that happens when we praise, it opens me up to the Holy Spirit. It tenderizes my heart. When you enter in praise and worship, it tenderizes your heart. That's why it prepares yourself to God's word. But at the same time, it brings you to a place of, God, you're so amazing. I don't know. I, 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 I look at, let's say I have relational issues or there's sin in my life, and I open up in God's presence to something that I just start to melt. Have you ever experienced the melting of the Lord? <laughs> I just invented this right now. The, melt, the, the melting of the Lord, where you just come into his, pre, his presence and you got issues and you get caught up with God and things starts to melt. You came in in one way and you, live, you leave in a different way because you met with God. And, and, you, and when you choose to worship and you, you, you choose to connect with God, there's something that happens in your heart. And one of the things that happens, you start to melt inside of your heart. You want to see God in your marriage? Listen, you want to see God work in your family and beyond? Embrace worship. Embrace worship in your life. Not just once a week, 22 minutes on a Sunday morning, but embrace that in your car. Embrace that in your devotion and see what it's going to do. What it's going to bring is going to bring tenderness of heart. 
What happens when you worship also? Faith arises, and it, it, it's an expression of our dependence on him. Look what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. An amazing text that talks about worship. So Israel is facing enemies from the Ammonites, the Moabites, and, and, and so there's enemies that wants to come in. And it says in verse 21, after consulting the people, the king Jehoshaphat appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. And you've, seen, you've heard that before. I've used that text before. So Jehoshaphat appoints singers to walk in f- ahead of the army. It's like, I don't know if John and Julie are here. Are you, are you here? But it's like, okay, we're going to war. You go ahead. <laughs> and we'll watch to see what's ha- what happens to you. <laughs> no, he sent the singers and the worshiper to walk ahead and singing the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. You see, they're, they're caught up with the splendor of God, how awesome he is. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithfulness endures forever. And look, at, look what happened. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. What a picture. You embark yourself on this journey of praise and worship. You start to praise. You're facing obstacles and challenges. Instead of taking matters into your own hand, you go before God. And what you do, you lift his name up. You get caught up with him. You focus on him, on his splendor, how marvelous, wonderful he is. And what does God do? He works on your behalf. How many times did God say that to Israelites? Trust in me. Trust in me. And even in the book of Exodus, at one point, God says, be quiet. I'll fight for you. Stop complaining. Stop freaking out. Look to me, and I'll fight for you. If I absorb this truth today of the power of praise and worship, it really can rock my life and change the way I'm going to do life. Worship is a big deal. It's not just something we do before a service to fill time. No. It's to connect with God and to see God connect with us. And and so when we worship, faith arises. How am I called to worship? With my heart. Matthew 15 verse 8 says, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart are far from me. In vain do they worship me. So I want to approach God with sincerity. I want to approach God with truth and, like it says, with, uh, to worship him in, in spirit and in truth. I don't know if you ever watch, uh, how do you call it, American, American Idols. I used to watch that many years ago, especially when it started. I thought it was so funny to see some people come and sing there, and the, their, their singing was so awful. Eh? And it was probably not good for me, maybe not the right thing to do, but I had a good laugh to see them sing that back. And my thought was, don't they know that they're singing like that? Like, they should know that their singing is awful. And then one of the judge would ask him, did people tell you how badly you're singing? And they would say, no, people around me tell me that we sing, we sing, we sing great. And you just, just scratch your head. What, what's, like, how? But why am I saying this is that maybe I sing like them, but... It's not about the quality of the song or my singing. It's about my heart. And when I sing to God with all my heart, it touches him. And it ministers to him. So it's not, 
It's not about, well, you know, I'm only going to worship. I'm going to let John and Julie, these things, so well, they're going to worship. Well, they can worship, and they're called to worship. But I'm called to worship, too, even though it doesn't sound the same. And I've got to let you know, my worship doesn't sound the same. (laughs) But for God, it's amazing. When I get caught up with God and I worship him and in spirit and truth, he takes pleasure in it. So how, how am I called to worship with my heart? Secondly, by verbalizing my praise. Psalm 100, verse 1 and 5 from the Passion Version. I want to read it to you, and I think it's so amazing. Look what it says. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead, do it. Everyone, everywhere. Pretty cool, eh? Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. And we are the people of his pleasure. Pretty cool. Verse 4. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thanks offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name for Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. So beautiful. He he's so loving that it will it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you. And he is famous for his Faithfulness towers all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. You you look at the song, it's really like just express and worship God because he's so amazing. And I like how it says it in this version. Uh, lift uh, Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. So, so we're all called to celebrate the Lord and, and give him glory. So I invite you to do that. I invite you to be a worshiper. I invite you to do like King David and worship the Lord. So how can we worship? It's with our focus. It's placing our eyes on him. It's to say, God, I am here for you. I want to be caught up with you. I, I want you in my life. And it's, it's like one of the reasons why in our worship on Sunday, that we don't have stop and go, that we have one block of worship, is because we want you to connect. We want you to enter in and experience his presence. And so, so, so we're called to approach God with focus. Another way that we're called to approach God is with freedom. We have access to the throne of God because of grace. Hebrew 4, 16 says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Then you will receive his mercy and you, will be, and you will find grace to help us when we need it the most. But I like what it says, you can approach the throne of God with boldness, with assurance. Because Jesus is our priest and he made a way. So we can come before him. Another way, another thing or another thought when it comes to how to approach him, we got to approach, approach him with expression. Did you know that our, our expression is as important as our as our words, right? If, I, if I'm with my wife or if I'm with people that I know, like the way I talk will be, uh, will be judged. Not only what I say will, that will come out of my mouth, I will be judged or will be um, questioned, but also my expression, right? So when it comes to worship, it, we should be filled with this expression of joy. Like it says 
In Psalm 47, verse 6, you come with singing. Sing praise to God. Sing praise to our king. Sing praises, right? So that's an expression. You enter God, you praise him, you lift him up. In Psalm 27, verse 6, it talks about shouting. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. So you lift him up. Because of salvation. And when, the, when this was wrote, written, they were celebrating the fact that sin could be covered by the blood of, of, of an animal. And for us, our sins are covered by the, the blood of the lamb. And our sins are totally forgiven. And so there's a reason to shout. In Psalm 95, verse 6 says, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. So we bow and surrender, abandonment, and reverence. In 1 Chronicle chapter 23, verse 30, it says, And each morning and evening they stood before the Lord to sing songs of thanks and praise, praise to him. And they stood and they honored him as they were worshiping God. 147, 149, verse 3, Psalm 149, verse 3, it says, Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. Dancing, like we were talking about, being childlike, where you just, you're just caught up with God. King David did, and he was judged judge for it. But he responded to God's greatness, and he responded by dancing, dancing before the ark. Uh, you, you look at Psalm 33, verse 2. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him with a ten-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. So you, you, you play, you worship God with your instruments. Psalm 47, verse 1 says, Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with the cry of joy. You see the clapping of hands and the shouting, rejoicing in the Lord. Psalm 63, verse 4, I will praise you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up. Uh, in your name, I will lift up my hands. So you stand before the Lord and you raise your hands. So it's to worship the Lord with our expression. Why? Because he's so good and he's so worthy. My last point here, with anticipation. Why, how are you called to worship? With expecting to meet with them. And that's what we see in Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire, to, and to inquire of in his temple, inquire of the Lord in his temple. So what I wanted to share to you today as we're entering the summer, I invite you to take the devotion. We have devotional as you leave uh, this morning on the Psalms. But I want you to realize that the main calling that we have is to live a life of worship and to give, give God the glory and the honor. doesn't matter your background. doesn't matter how you were raised. I think it's our response to this amazing God that we have in our lives. And I pray that in this church we would be a people that worship freely and expresses um, our hearts to God because he's so amazing and he's so good. And I just pray that God would stir up your heart as you look at the book of Revelation where heaven is filled with praise and worship. 24-7, for 40 years in the temple of David, in the tent of David, worship was present. Worship and praise, support of God's people. So I just pray that we would be engaged in worship and we would 
take the time to lift up his name, that you and I, we would make an altar in our home consecrated to the Lord where the focus would be praise and worship. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.